Hi everyone and thank you so much for tuning into the first ever episode of Grow With Grief, a podcast that aims to make the uncomfortable comfortable and open up the conversations around grief and loss. My name is Katrina and together we will be hearing different stories from different people, how grief has impacted their life and what they've learned from it and together we will create a community that normalizes the conversations around grief and loss because it's an emotion that we can all experience in so many different ways for various different reasons and over the years through my professional work within education and charities as well as experiencing grief through various areas of my own life it's become more apparent that grief is a bit of a taboo topic and often something that we aren't taught about until we're experiencing it for ourselves. So for anyone with their own experiences of grief, I'm sure you can all recall a time that someone has squirmed at us trying to talk about our loved one or how we're feeling, or maybe the person we're talking to has said something that maybe made us actually feel a lot worse, that perhaps often we felt alone and confused in our feelings. But on the flip side, I'm sure some of us can remember a time that someone we know was grieving and maybe we didn't know what to say or how to help. So by normalizing the conversation around grief, sharing our experiences, feelings and learnings, I believe that we can turn what has too often been an uncomfortable topic into a conversation that provides support and reduces the overwhelming sense of isolation and confusion that I personally felt throughout my grieving process and that I know many of my friends felt as well. So in this first episode, I want to give a bit of a background into my own story and why I chose to start this podcast. And I also want to say that I am going to be as honest, real and raw as I can be. So please do bear with me if I have a few moments of tears or a little bit wobbly because it is emotional to talk about. Even though it's something I talk about openly a lot more now, it is still hard and it does bring up a lot of memories. And I think it's important to talk about both the bad and the good. So I will be sharing things that maybe I've not actually shared that openly with a lot of people because grief isn't plain sailing. And in a time where we are often only exposed to the surface positivity, it's important to know that negative moments and bad moments and sad moments are just as okay to have. I also want to say that I respect and understand that we all have different experiences and what I and somebody else may have learned or experienced through grief will not be the same for everyone. So just to give you a background into the voice behind this screen, um, I am 25 now. I am currently living in Melbourne, Australia. I've been here for six months. I'm originally from the UK and I'm living here with my boyfriend, Will, and our little rescue pup, Ronnie, who is currently fast asleep next to me. (laughs) Um, My grief journey started almost a decade ago, so almost 10 years. And I call it a journey because it doesn't have an end destination it's something that I'm still on still living through and probably always will be on for the rest of my life there's times where perhaps I find it hard to navigate where I'm going there's bumps in the road and moments where I just want to get in bed cover my head with a duvet and say go away world but there's also moments of happiness joy and beauty so my grief journey began on 7th of July 2010 my life up until that point had been pretty good. I had an older brother, an older sister, and my mom and my dad, and nothing terrible had ever happened to us. So we had a nice life. But on that day, my life as it had been, and as I knew it, changed when my mom, Greta, passed away from a very long battle with cancer. She'd been unwell for about two years, and she had various other medical conditions and she was back and forth to the doctors in the hospital and after about one year of this toing and froing 
we finally got a diagnosis that I definitely wasn't expecting. She did have ovarian cancer when I was a couple of years old, but I didn't really understand what's happening at that point. I don't really remember much. And she had had the all clear for ages. So, you know, as a child, you never really expect that anything's going to hurt your parents. They're like superheroes in your eyes. You know, you always expect that they'll always be there, that they're invincible. So for me, this was a really big shock and something that took a long time to process. But cancer had actually returned in her lower back this time along her spine. Um, and my mum refused surgery because the risk was too high. So the next step from there was beginning chemotherapy. And chemotherapy is wonderful in many ways that it can help so many people. But it is also an awful thing to experience. If anybody's experienced it, it is not a pretty, pretty thing to go through. And some days were good, but some days were absolutely terrifying. And our house became a care home for my mum. And as the months went on, only now can I look back and see how much my mum deteriorated and how much pain she hid from me as a young a young girl. But at the time, I don't know whether it was denial or the fact that my mum was so positive and strong all the time. I didn't really understand the true extent of what was happening. And that fed into a lot of the guilt and the anger that I felt later on down the line, because I felt that I should have seen it sooner and prepared myself better and also just done more for my mum. Because as a teenager, I was that stage where I was like, I don't want to be doing chores or helping around the house. So for me, looking back, I felt a lot of anger and a lot of guilt towards myself for not spotting it. Now, on the weeks up to my mum's death, we had several nights where we were told she probably wouldn't make it through the night and in all honesty this is probably where my grief really started I remember one of the times where we had the phone call my dad called me and I was actually getting ready for my year 11 prom and my dad told me to still go to prom my best friend's mom who was helping me get ready at the time said to still go and my mom told me to still go and I guess it's because they didn't want me to miss out on you know having fun they wanted me to enjoy myself still they didn't want me to miss out on my my teenage years so I did go I went with a lot of guilt but then I actually enjoyed myself for the most part but at the end of the night when realization hit I felt guilty again because I was thinking how can I be off having fun when my mum is in the hospital and that again stayed with me for a very long time Now, she didn't actually pass away that evening, but she did pass away the week before my 16th birthday. And I really wasn't prepared for the emotional wrecking ball that was about to come. I suddenly experienced feelings of confusion, anger, loneliness, and grief as an emotion was never discussed whilst growing up. And it's a topic that I've said, like most people felt uncomfortable to talk about it. And it's not something, death isn't something you want to talk about to your kids. You want to focus on the nice, happy things in life, not, you know, the sad, inevitable things. So the day my mum died, I didn't cry. The days following that, I didn't cry either. The day my mum died, I actually ended up going shopping with my best friend because she was visiting me from New Zealand. And I fell asleep in the changing rooms. And I remember I was receiving all of these texts from people that I hadn't even told. Like I hadn't mentioned it to anybody. And I was receiving all of these texts. I just felt like I was in a bubble. It's very surreal. But it almost felt like a dream. And I didn't understand why people were texting me because I thought, well, my mom's still here. Why, why are people texting me th- these things? Because I genuinely believed it was a dream and it wasn't real and I hadn't accepted it yet. And 
I carried a lot of guilt around from this as well. You can see there's a lot of guilt building up and a lot of the guilt built up from before my mum had even passed away. But I felt very guilty that I wasn't crying or upset like a lot of other people because I felt that made me abnormal. There was something wrong with me and I should be feeling a certain way. I thought there were rules to grief. I didn't realize that grief was individual and shows itself in different ways. And from that guilt, I felt an anger that I hadn't felt before towards myself and towards others. I was angry because I was thinking, why my mum? Why my family? Why didn't she get better? Why did she turn down the surgery? You know, she might still be here if she didn't turn down that surgery. Was it my fault? I blamed the doctors, the specialists. I blamed the whole world. And I unleashed that anger onto anybody that came in my way. I tried several different counsellors, but if I'm completely honest, I felt ashamed and embarrassed that I couldn't cope on my own. I thought that my dad trying to get me to go to counselling and my friends trying to encourage me to go was actually an act of pity and um, judgment rather than them trying to help me. Because around me, I could see everybody else coping so well and I felt like I was just slowly breaking down. And as that for that, I felt like a failure. My mental health deteriorated. I became reckless with a disregard for life and I got myself into some pretty dangerous situations, which I won't go into, but I did take the grief out on myself. I punished myself through food or lack of food, alcohol, inflicting pain, and I did attempt to take my life several times. And the grief haunted me because it was a constant cycle of anger, guilt, anger, guilt, and an overwhelming sense of isolation. I didn't believe anybody understood what I was going through. And it really did impact my relationships with family, friends and and boyfriends that I had in the past. There were many occasions where I believe people forgot about my mum as well because they avoided speaking about her. So my friends at school would make sure they didn't mention their mums in front of me. They acted differently. And if I came into a conversation where they were talking about their mums, they would stop abruptly. And I know that it was because they wanted, they didn't want to upset me. But actually by doing that, it upset me more because it, was if people were pretending she didn't exist. And all I wanted to do was talk about her and acknowledge her her life. Um, my teachers also treated me differently. My dad remarried a couple of years later. My brother and sister moved out of our family home. And so much changed in such a short amount of time that I had to grow so grow up so, so fast. I changed from the youngest of three to a 16-year-old who cooked clean, did the food shopping, ironing, had to be disciplined enough to do my own chores and homework. I got a job and earned my own money. And yes, my dad was still there for us, but he had three children to care for on his own all of a sudden. And he had to work to ensure that he could support us and keep a roof over our heads and feed us. And I love him so much because I know that he was working through his own grief at the same time as trying to figure out and navigate how to, you know, bring up three children on his own. But I had a lot of resentment towards him because through having to work and provide, it meant that he wasn't at home a lot. And I had a lot of resentment and anger because I thought, I've just lost my mum. My mum has just died and now you're going as well and you're not here. And that created a big tension between the two of us. Nobody had explained, you know, that my world was going to change so drastically in such a short amount of time. No one had explained that this feeling would never go away. And most of all, no one explained that the way I felt was okay and that everyone else was feeling it too. It was a silent presence that just wasn't mentioned. 
so it really impacted my friendships and my relationships from that point um, because I found it hard to understand what I saw as trivial problems. If my friends came to me because, I don't know, they had an argument with their boyfriend or just anything small or to me it looked small or seemed small, I'd be really annoyed and I'd be like, well, I don't understand why you're bothered about that because my problems are way worse than that. You know, I had a very teenage mind. <laughs> um, I'd be jealous of friends when they went shopping with their mums or I'd be annoyed and angry at them if they told me they had an argument with their mum because all I could see was how lucky they were to still have a mum there and how dare they t- take that for granted. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression from the age of 18 and a lot of my anxiety was linked to the fear of losing people. So if I had friends or um, boyfriends, I would cling to them so hard and so much I would almost suffocate them because I was so scared of losing another person and then when things were good I would sabotage things on purpose because I felt like it gave me the control I didn't have control over my mum leaving so this time I was going to have control over whether anybody else left me and nobody could leave me unexpectedly like that again I created them leaving so it was just a control thing um I became very dependent on certain friends and put a lot of pressure on them to create my own happiness. And in a later episode, we are going to speak to my oldest, my dearest, beautiful friend who supported me through this whole process that it did impact our friendship for a while. We're going to hear her perspective on how grief can impact friends. But I put so much pressure that it created tensions and in some cases ruined a lot of my friendships because now I can see that grief doesn't just impact one individual it impacts everyone around them even where they aren't directly involved and also my friends were 16 years old they didn't understand how I was feeling or why I changed as a person or they didn't know what to say that's a lot of pressure to put on a teenager there's a lot of pressure to put on anyone but a teenager even more so and I didn't accept that my mum was gone for a couple of years, which can be confusing for people. I, you know, I still dreamt that she was there, still had thoughts that perhaps this was a big, horrible dream and that I was going to wake up for it and my mum would be there. But I couldn't tell anybody that because I felt like that I was going crazy in my own head by thinking these things and people would think I was weird for feeling this way. So I was consumed by this dark cloud of emotion that I internalized and I didn't think I was allowed to be happy. I felt guilty if I was happy because I felt like I should be missing my mum and upset about my mum all the time. And the worst thing that anyone could say to me was, your mum would want you to be happy because that just made me feel guilty because who, you know, I should be... Somebody telling me that my mum will want me to be happy and I shouldn't be sad just makes me feel guilty. But also it made me angry because I thought, who are you to tell me how I should be feeling right now? And everything that happened, I expected the worst because I taught myself that by expecting the worst, I wasn't going to be disappointed and I wasn't going to be hurt or upset. And I didn't want to go through pain again. Over the last 10 years as a family, we have lost countless relatives. I've seen many close friends grieve. And the thing that gave me the drive to want to do this podcast is three years ago my sister gave birth to two beautiful baby twins uh, my niece and my nephew who were three and a half months premature and my niece Lily she is thriving I miss her so much she is very sassy very independent but such a ray of light 
But sadly, my nephew, her brother, and my sister's son passed away. And this really highlighted the lack of conversation and support and misunderstanding around grief. There were so many stories and feelings that I could share with you. And, you know, all I can say now is that I'm in a more positive space. And I'll talk about my mum daily and openly. I share what it was like for me to go through all of that without guilt or embarrassment. And I no longer see life as a dark cloud. I see life as a beautiful gift. But through these experiences, especially seeing my sister go through what she did and watching those close to me grieve, it's become more apparent to me that grief is not linear in any way. And it is not a one size fits all. It does not get better with time. Grief is always with you but your life grows around it and you grow with it. But what is most apparent is how important it is to talk about grief. Grief is not something that we should hold in on our own. It is not something we should experience alone. It's something that the majority of people, if not all, are going to experience at some point in their lives. So why is it a topic that we avoid? Why is it something that makes us uncomfortable? Why is it not something that we learn about at school? Why do we not feel able to openly talk about how we are feeling with one another? Grief is individual, yes, but sharing our stories and being open about how we feel, our perceptions, what we've learned about life through our grief, and not ignoring that it exists can really provide a supportive and open conversation and give those who have not yet experienced grief more understanding and the ability to provide support for those who are going through it, but also for those who have not yet experienced grief when they do, so they know they are not alone and they know that what they are feeling is okay. So 10 years on, I can see a lot of beautiful things that came out of my grief. Yes, there were so many dark times and sad times, but there were also happy memories. And my family and I, for example, have a bond like no other. I speak to my dad about things that most of my friends have told me they would never talk to their dads about. Um, We're honest and truthful as a family. It's allowed me to see that the world isn't always as it may seem through our eyes. It's given me empathy, created friendships stronger than I ever knew could be possible. It's taught me that I I am a strong person to appreciate every day and not to take my health for granted. I value time with loved ones. It's led me to a point where I met Will and it's given us the confidence to take the leap and move to Australia and experience an adventure. And I know that one day my grief will mean that when we do have children and a family of our own, I will be able to give them all the love in my heart and be the most incredible mum. It's given me a deeper understanding into my own emotions and those of others. It's given me a passion to give back to the world around me and show people that pasts do not define you. Your grief is a part of you, yes, but it is not the only thing about you. And you can use grief as a way of giving back, as a way of loving others, helping others and creating a future that is more understanding, empathetic and open. So this podcast is going to explore the stories of how grief has impacted different people, how they've grown with their grief to be in a place where they can share their story and bring hope to others. It's going to be truthful, it's going to be raw, and at times we're going to cry together, and we'll probably also laugh together. And 
together we can make the once uncomfortable comfortable so if you would like to stay up to date with new episodes please subscribe and follow the grow with grief podcast on instagram if you'd like to share your story or reach out please send me a message i'd love to talk and finally most importantly if you feel this podcast could help someone you know please share it with them together we can create an open conversation